and gentlemen, it is time once again, episode 20 of the Snob Cast. We got the whole crew here this this time around, and starting with, of course, my little sister, my partner in crime, my, my right-hand gal, Shay Simone. Say what's up, everybody. What's up? Always, always, always with a exceptionally flattering introduction, but I'm doing pretty fucking good. How's everyone else doing? Well, we're about to find out because our next <laughs> person that I'm going to introduce is, of course, the doctor who's always in, Gina. Hello. I'm back Dr. and I'm really excited. Woo! She's very excited. And, of course, we finally got him, guys. We got him. The man, the myth, <laughs> the absolute legend, Mr. James Schneider. Hamez, say hello to everybody. Oh, the gang's all here. It's finally yes. happening. Yes, he's done with his shift bagging groceries. Yes. Which Good man was was quite entertaining, and I'm sure this will be even more entertaining than as it will be. You do live in in you know the uh, San Diego area, yes, where you know everybody's under crippling debt. But anyways, yes, on. having to live there is crippling in debt. Yes. Speaking of that, uh, speaking of crippling and uh, terrible, uh, this oh, weekend yeah. is the Sundance Film Festival, a festival that did not invite us this year because uh. they're a bunch of assholes. Um, but yet they invited uh, hunt extraordinaire Eliza Hitman to be a judge uh, for the narrative uh, competition, of which I'm sure they're going to pick the most pretentious piece of shit that one can imagine because she's the ju- the judge of it. Uh, am I wrong here, Shay? No, you're absolutely not wrong. I don't know. Yeah, it's just one of those things where your you know your vision hones in on onto the very specific thing that. Whatever, you know, I got the email from Sundance that, uh, you know, of who's going to end up being the the judges at the film festival and all that. And motherfucking homegirl, Eliza Hitman's on there, which is uh, fantastic for her. You know, you, good for you. You know, Eliza, great for you. Proud of you. I'm glad you, you put your work out there. And I'm glad you feel so entitled to be so cunty to any independent film review outlet or whatever out there you know if you if anyone is not familiar with the context of why we're we're so like honed in on this you know we've we've been able to cover Sundance for the last couple years but this year has been a little bit more complicated um considering COVID and the whole situation that that, what's weird you would think they wouldn't run out of tickets you wouldn't think they would run out of tickets for the digital part, but they're like, no, no, no. If you come in person, we'll give you a ticket. I, Bitch, I don't have time. I for wouldn't that understand right now. why, considering our our very kind of diverse outlet, little outlet that we have going on here. Even though it's small, we're mighty, you know. But uh, yeah, for those who I mean, we only have already one have white person on staff, and he speaks better Spanish than me and Gene. Oh yeah, that, <laughs> that's absolutely true. Come on now. <laughs> You know it's true, James. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. Eliza Hitman, basically, I uh, I wrote a very mid-review. Not mid. But, you know, I, I gave her, I think, what is it? A C-something on... It was a flattering uh, mediocrity. Really yeah, it was flattering of her it mediocrity. Was quite mediocre. Ooh, which there were some things that I thought about it were intuitive based on the female perspective. Um, that I found a lot of uh, male viewers hadn't caught on even though they were praising the film which i also thought was interesting but i also thought it was extremely pandering and it's the perfect example of woke pandering it's woke pandering oh yeah yeah yeah. oh yeah absolutely i was just like if 
you know, if you're going to pander that hard, at least give us characters that we, we could really relate to and feel towards. Like you have naturalistic filmmaking like Chloe Zhao, who makes you feel really, really passionately about the characters. And then you have that movie where Shea. you barely it's... have these te- two teenage girls traveling this long way saying barely anything. That doesn't Shea. make any sense to me. But, it's not just yeah. Chloe Zhao. It's what? Oscar winner Chloe Zhao. Oh, 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 my bad, my bad. Absolutely correct. But yeah, Ms. Ms. Mrs. Oscar winning fucking motherfucker Chloe Zhao, um, who is an amazing point of reference for anyone who wants to look into naturalistic um, acting or or actually using um, not act like non actors, I guess, for their projects or whatever. That's her work is the the type to to refer that to. And but Sean Eliza Hitman basically came after me, um, uh, a, a female writing uh my perspective on her movie and she told us that we uh we are i guess what she said exactly will she called us amateurs and said that our opinion did not matter because we weren't on rotten tomatoes uh i would like to point out though that what uh, boys that was great um but Uh, don't give her too much of a budget because i mean we saw eternals and eternals fucking so that doesn't count that doesn't that's the mouse. Um, that's the mouse. That wasn't totally Chloe Zhao. Nah, it's it's the mouse interfering with a great artist, and so I totally agree. Mm-hmm. But yeah, nah, that's the key. Yeah, <laughs> so that's that's the key. So we're looking forward to our first film festival of the year being South by Southwest, and uh, so we'll 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 probably be there. We're gonna apply for that. James, do you want to help us cover that? Or are you too busy uh, being a movie star? Uh, I've I've got it. I've until the first of February. I am fairly flexible. South by Southwest is in March, my dude. Oh, it's in March. Okay, uh, I will get back to you on that. <laughs> Acceptable. Acceptable. Uh, but let's get to our topic today, and I'm really excited about this. And this is actually Gina's idea. And actually, um, Shay, this is uh, one of the films that Gina picked. Is what I want to use for the uh, thumbnail. When we get to it, I'll explain mm-hmm. to you how. Okay. Uh, this this month, it's January. It's a brand new year. So we're talking about movies based around food, whether that's a, the main character to chef or food is one of the focal points of the film. Food is our character of the month. And so with that, of course, there's a lot of different options. Let's start, of course, as usual, with Gina. What's your first pick? All right. So I I specifically pick food because it's January and everybody's on a diet. And like, let's just talk about food. Okay. That's <laughs> I just want to put that out on the table. Uh secondly, uh the first one is Good Burger. 1997 Good Burger. Right off the bat, I'm gonna tell you, if you don't make this Keenan and Kale Shay, I'm gonna be mad. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. <laughs> oh, here it goes. You should be Ed because you have the the hair. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> I it, it has to be. love Good Burger. And here's the thing if I'm doing great choice. No, she's she's cutting out. Hello? I stopped her video on purpose. Okay. Um, <laughs> so Okay, I'm in here. Yeah, we're back. You're here. You're back. So going into Good Burger, um, it has a 33% Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> and I came out at the midst of my childhood. I loved everything about all that. I loved everything about the Keenan and Kel show. And honestly, like it was 
prime time Nickelodeon time, right? When this was happening. And so it was great that they capitalized on it because it's about these two goofy ass little uh, little boys who work at a place called Good Burger. And they always say, do you know what, you know what they say? <clears throat> Uh, welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. Can't take, take your, order. your order. Exactly. Take your order. Or who loves orange soda? That is a completely different show. Bro, I know. I'm sorry. I, I had to. I had to. I had to. You had to. <laughs> By the way, hell does in fact love orange soda. I, I love that too. And so basically you have um, two boys and one of them is burger obsessed. And, and, and a lot of the comedy in here is very slapstick. It's very, um, very obvious comedy. Um, and you have a lot of like interaction, a lot of gesturing with your, their faces. And so even though it is one of those comedy family films, I really do enjoy how they embody their characters because it's just a feel good movie, you know, like, there's no, there's no, we can have all these dramas and we can have all of these comedies, yada, yada. It's just a feel good movie, you know? And so, uh, I don't know. What, what do y'all think of Good Burger? It's funny. I just rewatched it last year, just on a random like Tuesday. And it's really, it's not a great movie, but it's no. fucking awesome. <laughs> and I want to call out, uh, there's a point where the villain makes, uh, Ed and, um, Dexter, Dexter uh, sends them to the asylum and there's a great character played by the lovely and talented Linda Cardellini in the yep. insane asylum who falls in love with Ed and I love that character and I love that part of the movie and even though that's like a slow part of the movie because pacing is atrocious in this movie uh, I love this damn movie I think Kelly Mitchell as Ed is an all-time great Nickelodeon character of course it's spoiled by the fact that Dan Schneider is involved yeah oh mm-hmm. well it, it was Nickelodeon to be fair, question mark. Damn, yeah, no, it is. It's based on his characters from all that. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I was just looking up. Um, I, I was just looking up Dan Schneider. I haven't heard that name forever. I know he was in the movie, and he is in the movie. I just like. Well, he's a fat guy that produced all those shows for Nickelodeon. He's also a, a well-known pedophile. Yes, he also has like a yeah. foot fetish or something. A lot of yeah. uh, fetish insert in iCarly yeah. per se. Yeah. Yeah. Don't was- mention. Don't mention Dan Schneider to Ariana Grande. She'll fucking have PTSD. (laughs) Well, he looks like walking PTSD. Just going to let you know that. No, he looks like a walking blimp. Oh, Oh, wait. Is is anybody familiar with with Joji when he uh, was in his Filthy Frank career? Um, You know that song that he made about Dan Schneider, about being a pedophile? (laughs) Uh, that that just comes to mind. If anybody isn't aware of of that being in existence, or you're just a Joji Joji fan, highly recommend checking that out. I also there recommend. I would like to also recommend as a side note, there's a great video by Blame It on Jorge on YouTube. It's like a 45 minute dissection of the claims against Dan Schneider. There, it's a fucking amazing docu uh, video on YouTube by Blame It on Jorge. Mm-hmm. Um, so, not to mention. Uh, Damn me. Uh what's her name? Jenny uh McCur- What's McCurdy. her name? Sam and Jeanette Kat. McCurdy. She played Sam. McCurdy. Jeanette McCurdy, thank you. Um coming out very recently with her autobiography, mostly talking about her relationship with her mother, but also wasn't it like I wish my mom was dead uh, or something? Huh? Wasn't it called like I wish my mom was oh, dead? Oh, I'm happy my mom died. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. It, it, it's 
like I'm happy my mom died, and then the cover is a picture of her holding her mom's urn. You know, supposedly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Good for you. I mean, being, you know, you know, going over the experience of her being exploited in in that industry, and Dan Schneider being a, a huge part of it. She doesn't name him, but you know very much oh, yeah. who she's referring to. I think she she refers him as the creator. Um. Uh... So that rabbit hole. Oh. <laughs> well also in the movie because we have mr schneider on there's also sinbad and i i've met sinbad a couple of times and i've even met his daughter randomly at a place i worked at one time and i gave her a tarot card reading but i I freaking for me i have a soft spot for sinbad i don't know why (laughs) holy crap that's about well i mean who doesn't have a soft spot for sinbad (laughs) well sinbad is actually the rising action in this movie because nothing takes off until dexter destroys mr wheat's car Uh uh-huh has to pay it back yeah a good burger and now we're rolling Uh uh-huh yeah and so like i don't really have much to say other than the fact that i just i find it to be one of those um it's a cheeseburger movie it's a twinkie movie it's like for me it's since i'm i'm an academic and i'm constantly reading bull crap all the time like formal bull crap i come home all i want is twinkies for my brain you know like i, I want the opposite <laughs> and so like this definitely satiates that for me it's funny because i do have a nickelodeon movie that is one of my uh brain off movies it's not this one it's actually snow day um, oh, and yeah. i actually had the luxury of interviewing skylar fisk who's in snow day earlier this, this month Really, and she's fucking amazing. Very nice. Um, to throw mine in, uh, my brain off Twinkie Nickelodeon movie would have to be Nacho Libre. <laughs> yes, that does count. It's that. a great movie. Yeah. Is that Jared Hess? Oh yeah. Yes. Who is Hess who is very underrated? Other than Napoleon Dynamite, mm-hmm. I feel like like honestly, all of his works hit the mark for me. They're all School very for scoundrels. He did that too, right? He did School for Scoundrels too, or Mr. Woodcock, one of those two, right? Um, I'm not sure. Gentleman Broncos, I, I also really fucking enjoy. Oh, I did see that one. That it's, was fun. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I love that one. Oh, um, he also did yeah, Mastermind. Uh, also, oh, okay. But also, also to speak on Good Burger um, and just Nickelodeon movies as a whole, other than, you know, the darker mm. history that we now know of it. Um, I, uh, because I'm with Landon, which if you don't know, Landon is also, uh, every now and then a part of the podcast. He wasn't able to, uh, be a part of it today as much as he wanted to, because he's babysitting. We love you right anyway, now. Landon. That's why I'm hiding out. In huh? We love you oh, anyway, Landon. Landon. I know you're listening. <laughs> he will eventually. Landon in the future. But, um, he's the one who actually introduced me to this movie because, uh, unfortunately it was uh, a little bit tiny bit before my time um so i had the great privilege of a night like an actual legitimate legitimate 90s baby showing this to me and seeing the enjoyment that he gets through it and just the the full crazy like kooky sort of innocence behind it um that you know could easily like follow up saturday morning cartoons when you're just following the nickelodeon channel and all that yo um mm-hmm. yeah and completely what you described gina just like just a twi- like a, a Twinkie for your brain kind of movie. That's the perfect way of describing that. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good analogy. Yep. So we we all need that those carbs and the preservatives. So <laughs> good. I like Dunkaroos. 
I saw that. I was like, Smokeroos are fantastic. Uh, that's another 90s throwback because yep. this is a 90s throwback. Also, James, have you seen this movie? I have not, but I've heard all your enthusiastic. What are you doing? It's on Amazon Prime. Go watch it. It's on Amazon Prime. All right. I'm going to add it to the list as we speak. It is so dumb. I think you'll love it. Also, uh, Gina, you'll love this. Jared Hess did direct a music video a year after doing Napoleon Dynamite. Do you know what song it was for? Uh, the people who do this shall return, this too shall pass. Um, okay, go. No, he did. Oh. We will become silhouettes for the postal service. Oh, okay. Wow. Featuring another Nickelodeon alum, Jenny Lewis. Jenny Lewis, yes, Jenny Lewis is with Jenny Lewis and her own band now, right? Right, Lo Kylie. Uh huh. And herself, I guess. Yeah. And herself, yeah, she's incredible. Yeah, I mean, have you heard her? What is that? Rabbit, rabbit, uh, whatever. Yeah, it's a great song. Uh, rabbit fur coat. Rabbit fur coat. That's the one. Such a good one. Yes. <laughs> great pick, Gina. I love it. I love Good Burger. Uh, Shay loves Good Burger. Yes. Yes. And Jay, uh, James has not seen it yet because he is a heathen, so that's fine. <laughs> oh, oh, damn. I'm too young. Un- uncultured swine. I uh, love you anyway, James. <laughs> oh. Now, James, obviously you're next. What was your first pick, man? My first pick, I mean, I'm just going to put it interchange- interchangeable, but since we're on the topic of feel-good movies, uh, my first pick was Chef by John Favreau from 2014. It's another one of those films that you can watch and feel really good uh, by the end. I think it's perfectly, you know, it's there's a lot of metaphors in it, like interchanging food and good times and family and stuff like that. But I think the main takeaway is that it really is kind of like the Cubanos, the sandwiches they make in the film. Um, they really craft so many layers uh, of... A man trying, you know, to to find his calling and, and the craft that he's so passionate about, and also trying to, you know, form a relationship with his son, and also trying to reconcile a a, a marriage that has become distant. Um, and the soundtrack is killer. Uh, the colors are vibrant, and it's really just like um, a nice little sidetrack. Because John Favreau, you know. I, we all know him now as, you know, John Favreau, executive producer, big guy. He's doing The Mandalorian and he's doing all these high octane projects. He kickstarted the MCU. That's a huge thing. But this harkens back to the John Favreau, you know, of swingers and of his, you know, his simple storytelling roots. And it's a really nice romp through, you know, colorful cultures and, and heartfelt cuisine and passionately filmed and made food uh and i and i really enjoy it for that there's a definite uh latin flavor to the soundtrack so i appreciate that uh season yeah although there is a uh yeah no uh my only issue with this movie is there's some casting choices that i think were a little bit too on the nose oh do tell on the nose uh hold on john favreau plays the chef right his ex-wife is Sofia Vergara, and yeah. his girlfriend is Scarlett Johansson. Well, come on, come on! If come you on. have a chance, that would be the chance. I mean, if you're gonna do it, do it. But come on, man, really? <laughs> do we as an audience believe that? Did you say that John Favreau was was the chef? Yeah. 
Wait, he play he plays the main character. I haven't seen this movie, so yes, he's what? a writer, director, I have not seen and the main either. character. Yeah. Oh, what the hell? Okay, I did not know that. That's, this movie yeah, is it, vibes, dude. It, the vibe really is so good. cool. It's a it's a it's a good vibe movie, and it's it's really also the the pacing is something I have a gripe with, not because it's bad, but because it it perfectly relates to the journey of the film. Because they go on this road trip and it's getting really good. But then, it, you know, it ends kind of before it starts to begin. And that's kind of like the same for the for the pacing of the film also. So that's like the one thing. Like, I start watching it and I get so invested. And then it's like, oh, well, we're at the hour and 20 minute mark. And there's so many unresolved things. And it all happens oh. in like a span of like 10, 15 minutes. Um, but it ties it up nicely. In the yeah. But Chef, Chef is really great. And... Uh, it's a definite feel-good movie. If you haven't seen the grilled cheese scene yet, you probably should, and that'll give you an indication as to what it's like. This this movie sounds like tiramisu compared to Good Burgers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> this is your tiramisu. It's still a feel-good... I mean, I, I know with Good Burger, I know probably like it's not as as well like you know crafted perhaps but the story there and the, and the characters are from what you guys talked about it looks like they make up you know what the film is this the the case is the same here it's yeah. just you know the different style different, different vibe yeah. i if love you it think this is tiara masu wait till you hear my first pick oh <laughs> boy i'm hyped for that <laughs> Can't wait for you guys to hear that one. That's a great pick, James. I actually have seen Chef, unlike these two heathens. Um, <laughs> it's a lovely movie. I love the vibes of it. Um, it does have that, like, two, because it's shot in Miami, right? Yeah. Miami. Yeah, Miami. And they go to Miami. Yeah, so it has, like, this Cuban flavor to it, because they're making Guanos Media Noches. Um, John Leguizamo kills it. I love John Leguizamo kills it always. Always, my always. favorite. I have. I'm gonna watch that like tomorrow. I gotta do that. That it's is also cool. on Amazon Prime, so you can watch it uh, whenever you want. Yeah, Amazon Prime. Sorry to sidetrack, but Amazon Prime has just popped off with. Mm. Like I opened the front page, and there's Lars and the Real Girl, Black Ooh. Bear, fifty fifty, cashback. Do the right thing, uh, like all these like. James, have you seen films. Black Bear? No, I haven't. But go I'll tell do you it, Mama Mia. You have I'll, to. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I did see. I'll tell you what I did see. I saw a trailer for it, and I saw a certain someone's quip in the trailer. <laughs> That's what I did see. Oh, TV. I wonder who that was. I wonder who that was. Out of no, um. I'm I'm gonna watch it eventually. I'm I'm making a New Year's resolution. My New Year's resolution was to see a lot more films this year, and I'm already you know stacking them up. I don't want to get it too oversaturated because I don't know if you guys agree with this notion. Seeing too many movies in a row kind of defeats the concept of absorbing a good story and really dwelling on it. Okay. Which is why I really admire Bong Joon Ho's kind of routine of watching films because he wakes up early to watch a movie and then just sits out throughout the whole day thinking about that film and really gets to you know satiate in its flavor uh, instead of just jumping from one thing to next because in that point it'll just be categorized as binging and we don't want that so yeah. anyways sidetrack over we function as a society when it comes to our media is binging so oh yeah <laughs> over consumption oh, it's another word absolutely um, 
I'll have to watch that. I'm going to watch it. Like, I love John, John Linguizamo so much. Yeah, he's great. And there's a few <laughs> just Just for John, you, uh, you'll you watch it for John Linguizamo. I'll watch it for Sofia. Uh, okay, yeah, her too. <laughs> Lord I watched knows it for Scarlett that, Johansson. Lord knows I lost Same. my Sorry. accent. <laughs> I lost my accent when I was like, a child because everyone's like you got to speak english and now i want to wake up sounding like sofia vergara but it's never going to happen so i would like to wake up with sofia oh you y'all thought i was kidding <laughs> oh, no 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 I well i know you I, I know you are not kidding yes you very much know that i am not kidding when i say that I love Sophia Vergara. So. <laughs> Who doesn't? Incorrect people. That's the answer. Yes. Error people. Yes. Dumb people. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway. No. No. I refuse. Oh. I hate it when no, no, no. <laughs> I would not. Period. Peace. <laughs> streaming. <laughs> Why are you oh my god! No, literally, someone I haven't seen Pe- Peaky Blinders yet, but one of my friends sent me a a scene between Cillian Murphy and um, Tom Hardy, where that was basically the crux of the entire scene—just them yelling at each other, oh, yeah, and pointing yeah, yeah, guns yeah. at each other's heads. I love fucking life when I'm supposed to cross. You come here, you know me. Yeah. And he just like goes up and is yeah no no that's a great scene. Oh my god, I love it. I I, I loved every minute of it or every second of it. Uh, I, it's so bad. I just couldn't I couldn't help but my my brain just made it a little bit fruity. I'm just like actors trying to out scream each other. I eat that shit up, man. <laughs> Revolutionary rub. Yeah, that movie is just Ooh. depression. Oh my the god. Movie. Yeah. Okay, yeah. To think it was a good I, I, okay. Oh my god, I, I see people commenting, uh, this is uh, Jack and Rose. If they stayed together, I'm like, oh, oh, oh no, no, <laughs> no. The funny thing is, I think that was actually directed by her ex husband, uh, Sam Mendez, too. It was. Oh, shit. He, he, he actually, he actually stayed offset. In a different room while they filmed their like eye contact scene and stuff like that because he wanted to give them like space. That's totally fair. Were they yeah. were um, they divorced already? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Because when while we are here, have... oh, hey. so actors have like weird relationships with um directors like with Jennifer Lawrence and Darren Aronofsky on Mother. Mm-hmm. I can't help but think that that has to totally have an effect on on the performance as a whole as well. Yeah. 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 Oh, I just get vibes. Oof. Oh, mother. There's there's two mothers and one is good. No, they're both good. I'll fight you on this game. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, no, they're both. They're both amazing, and I love them both. I will fight okay. you on this. No, no, no. There's, 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 there's <laughs> stuff to like, of course. It's just, it was very, it was very jarring and visceral the first time around, and to go through it again is kind of agree. What I don't it's like, like hereditary. You watch love, it that many times, and it just gets. I love Mother, but I just wish the allegory wasn't so over the head. 
Um, I think I think that's a result of American filmmaking, and I think that's why it why it's that. I think it's it's very much a cultural thing, mm-hmm. um, honestly. Because if you look at, I, I think that's a great comparison, James, uh, to Hereditary. You know, it's very like pretty much melodramatic, and people yeah. are screaming and going through the most that they could ever go through as a human being could. I think that's very much um, American filmmaking in that it, it's like. You know, Darren Aronofsky, a lot of his films are made in retaliation to how um, suppressive the culture of religion Mm -hmm. or just religion in general in America is and feels. And I feel like that's where that comes from. And that's, I I don't know. I get why people are just like, eh, on it. But I, I really, I really liked where it went because for me, I think it, it, it felt very much like just blowing off a bunch of steam. I just think it's it's also unfortunate that Jennifer Lawrence was uh, very <laughs> obviously very emotionally affected Ooh. by the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. She 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 came out of that pretty All right. pretty shaken. Yeah. Uh, so, one more one more thing before we move on. Shay, yeah. look at it later, and for everyone also, listen to the DGA interview between William Friedkin and Aronofsky. Um, oh, you're speaking my you- language now. Like pre- freaking like presses him constantly and gets like the Ooh. best thoughts out of Aronofsky. Like he pressures him to where like Aronofsky like kind of blows up at him and goes on like this whole monologue about why he does what he does. Um, just mm-hmm. putting it out there. Well, freaking that's fucking genius. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I love has, that guy. has anyone seen the film? His his film Bug. Bug? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> no one has seen it. Nope. No, no one has seen Bug. Are you? Oh my God! Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, holy <laughs> shit! Okay. Um, shit. Bug is if <laughs> not to put them at odds or compare them or anything, but if William Friedkin made an Aaron Aronofsky, Ar- sorry, Aronofsky esque film, it would be Bug. But I would, I would put it has Bug Michael Shannon to yes, Michael Shannon and um Ashley Judd. Your boy. Okay, it's on HBO Max. Wait till you hear who wrote yeah. this movie. And not Tracy Letts wrote this. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 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 <laughs> exactly. So you, it's it's gorgeously written, uh, like intensely performed. It's disgusting, but it's not what you think it is. It's very much uh, uh, one of those films that um, was originally meant to be uh, like, a, what do you call it? Performed uh, as a stage play. Yes. Yes, that, as that, a play. That works so well for and you uh, because that's great. Mm-hmm. Yes, for Michael Shannon. But yeah, oh my god. And how they introduced Michael Shannon's character. Um it's a it basically it's a film about um psychology and PTSD and indoctrination Ooh, I need. <laughs> and all this different stuff. I need. And I think uh, if if yes. If we're gonna I, I I'm gonna make this full circle here, but mother um, when it came out, suffered from the same um, scrutiny in marketing as Bug did in two in two thousand six, and I'm going to say that. Okay. So I think I think that's interesting that those two directors directors actually had uh, like any sort of like interaction or conversation with each other because I feel like they both kind of their films, which are are very much, you know, like the. Uh, on the surface psychological films and very well written films 
suffered both the same scrutiny of, mm-hmm. of that kind of generalization. And that's what I'm going to say about that. <laughs> I love that. But yes, watch Bug. It's that's amazing. Beautiful. Oh, one of my favorite movies. One of my favorite Michael Shannon movies. And Michael Shannon is absolutely gorgeous in it. And I think maybe... <laughs> Okay, whatever. I think you might see his ass a little bit. That's it. <laughs> well, you know, that's given. How do you follow Michael Shannon ass? Um, well, we follow it up with Shay's first pick, and that is, oh, and I wanted to tell people, um, Good Burger is actually on Paramount Plus, too, and if you don't have Paramount yep. Plus, there's a link on our website. You can sign up, and you get, like, I think, like, a month free or something like that. That's a pretty cool deal. Yeah, you can sign up. There's a link. It's, like, a little box on the website you can sign up there and then chef is actually also on um hbo max to the max hbo max to the max and yeah um so for my first pick uh this is actually a, a really good i think kind of middle ground between james and gina's pick um for now which is also it's also majorly a burger movie and that is Harold and Kumar. Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Yeah, two months in a row we get Harold and Kumar. <laughs> yeah, because Landon brought up what is it? He brought up um the, the Christmas, Christmas one, yeah. which it's funny because uh, I I uh, ever since then like we we've been binging Harold and Kumar, and uh, we've been watching the movies totally out of sequence. So after we watched the Harold and Kumar <laughs> Christmas movie. Um, we watched Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, and um, it's by the creators of uh, "Do Where's My Car." Love it. It's uh, yes. you know, your your favorite action stoner movie. Uh, John Cho, and then oh Kamal Cowpen. What? What? Oh, sorry, Kamal Pen. Cowpen. Yes, Cowpen. Sorry. Um. Are, are make these two amazing characters with this very on and off chemistry um but they're both stoners so it works out at the end of the day nonetheless but no matter what you know it something bad always happens and if it, it can't get any worse it will you know and it, it just go follows that whole kind of structure and everything and it's really fucking stupid but also fantastically very weirdly really well produced um, movies with you you have explosions you have Neil fucking Patrick Harris playing a sexual predator yeah. <laughs> who's like on drugs all, like all the time <laughs> he fucking scares me but yeah basically uh why I chose this movie is I also recently actually started eating White Castle if you don't know in Las Vegas so we only recently got White Castles here Oh, and um in boston <laughs> uh a little anecdote i've never i've still never i've still never actually eaten at a white castle but my real and this is such a vegas thing um no one else do this period but my first actual experience with a white castle was uh drinking four locos on Fremont ah! street and then blacking out in the white castle bathroom <laughs> And that was my first experience with White Castle. So watching Harold and Kumar go to White Castle was a very personal, spiritual experience for me. <laughs> um, so basically, you you see these two guys. John Cho is like, uh, like Harold. He's he's kind of uptight. He's like, he's crushing on the girl in his apartment and all that. And then uh, 
Kumar is just this laid back stoner. He's a brilliant medical student, but he's tired of trying to live up to his father's expectations and would rather just smoke weed all day. I'm like, yeah, you know, I could relate both to both of these characters. These are both sides of like the stoner experience. You have the paranoiac and then you have the lazy son of a bitch. Um, And all they're trying to do is eat White Castle. They go through this whole journey and it's the kind of thing where it's just like, uh, we've all been through the thing where it's just like, oh, it's too late to turn back now. I'm fucking hungry and I need what it is I'm looking for. So they travel all this way in order to get to a White Castle. And that is the entire movie. And it's awesome. Yes. Has anyone else seen it? <laughs> yeah. I've yes. seen this movie like 500 <laughs> times. Like 500 <laughs> times. I'm going to yeah, talk I'm... about something. Yeah, go ahead, Gina. I know. I, I remember that this came, kind of came out in that like series of different types of movies that kind of had the same humor. I'm thinking like American Pie, like uh, mm. Wedding Crashers, like like that whole genre of the early 2000s. It's a stoner comedy. It's a stoner comedy, you know, or Pineapple Expresses and that kind of stuff. And so I really like, or even the Will Ferrell movies, like 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 freaking Weatherman and that kind of stuff. Old like school. I just feel like, yeah, an old school. Definitely. That's the one I was thinking about. Like, I, 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 I grew up with that. So the humor may or may not hold up sometimes. Oh, no, it holds up. <laughs> but, but for us, because we're, we kind of grew up with that, I feel like that humor may not work for other people, maybe. I don't know. You think other people see it that way or no? Um, As someone who actually didn't grow up with those kind of movies because I was a little young for them, I only recently saw these movies and uh, it, it's very clearly like an off color kind of yeah. very often like an off color kind of uh, humor. It's very raunchy. You get a lot of titties. You get yeah. a lot of sex jokes. Um, we recently also watched <laughs> Harold and Kumar escape from Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> and there's literally a scene where Kumar and his crush, he has this like fantasy, like wet dream um where he's like having sex with a giant like having a threesome <laughs> with his crush and a giant bag of weed and it's very graphic and i <laughs> um <laughs> i ate up every second of it so i mean obviously it's not for everybody but that kind of humor i feel really appealed to me because it is stoner humor yep. and you know it is ridiculous and it, it doesn't i i, I don't know i'm not gonna hide it <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I, I don't find it offensive or anything because it's obviously just stupid, mm-hmm. kind of silly comedy. And I, I felt it. I felt it was it really was like an escape. And it, yeah. it you know, it's a stoner comedy. And that's what it is. That's it. So this movie on it has a pretty dope ass soundtrack. There's mm. one song on this soundtrack. It's one of my favorite songs of all time because it was written about me. It's MXPX's song Chick Magnet. <laughs> it's on oh, the soundtrack and I love that song it's about- oh, boy. oh my gosh Will oh um, my god James have you seen this movie have I seen this movie yeah I mean I saw it a very long time ago in a, in a tired haze probably with, with my mom she was probably watching it and I like came in like maybe like a six-year-old me just like barely falling asleep and just watching a tv kind of glaze over my eyes and put me to bed type thing so i know it's very funny and i've seen some clips of it but uh 
it's kind of like one of those movies where like i i don't i've seen it before but i just don't know what it is until so you saw it like last week then james yeah god um another note to to make about this movie and especially why i chose it for this theme this month's theme period is uh I mean, I don't think it's a spoiler for anybody. It's literally literally in the title, Harold and Kumar go to White yeah. Castle. When they finally get to, to White Castle, <laughs> it's the most goddamn rewarding, satisfying thing that you can see because we've all, you know, like I said, we've all been at the point where we're hungry, we're cranky, we're tired, we're hangry, we want to kill somebody. <laughs> and we kill, yeah, we will kill anybody for, for whatever kind of food it is we're looking for. And if you've been through any of those long nights, whether you're working, whether you're out there, period, and you finally find something like food that satiates you, you sit down at a restaurant with maybe your best friend, your partner, whoever, and then you just gorge on, you know, whatever, considering it's like fast food and it's tiny ass sandwiches that they're shoving in their mouth, <laughs> and just doubling and it's it's the most rewarding thing ever considering all the shit, the bullshit that they go through in this movie. It's so satisfying that I would almost compare it to um well I'm not compare it to a movie that I'm gonna mention later as one of my picks. Oh uh, <laughs> but it, it makes it feel like fine dining. Ooh. They're just gorging on all this food and it's so satisfying and it, it makes you crave White Castle. It's very obviously product placement yeah and it's unabashed and shameless. But you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Um, let's go. Let's go eat White Castle after watching this movie. I am totally down for that. Maybe no, smoke no, a bowl. <laughs> I will not be smoking a bowl, but I will definitely down for some White Castle once I figure out how to work these things. <laughs> there definitely. you go. Um, I actually have White Castle in my freezer right now. <laughs> yeah, the freezer ones don't taste as good. Uh, no. <laughs> no. But, you know, you get what you can get. That's true. <laughs> My first pick is also a feel-good movie. And it's rated G. That comes in, into play for one of my later picks. So remember, this movie's rated G. Uh, this movie's from 1971, and it's called Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, my ah, dudes. Yes. And obviously, this movie is about a little poor boy uh, named Charlie Bucket. Whose only dream is to win to find one of these golden tickets that have been given out to go meet Willy Wonka, the mysterious chocolatier, and take the tour of his factory. We meet some really obnoxious kids who win the other golden tickets. Eventually, no spoilers if you haven't seen this fucking movie, what's wrong with you? <laughs> um based on the Royal Dell novel. Um, Charlie gets a ticket. We get to get we get to see him go into the factory and we get to meet one of the greatest cinematic characters of all time, Gene Wilder Willy Wonka. And it's fantastic. And the second he opens that door and you hear pure imagination. And you realize at that point in this movie that anything is possible in movies and in life. Anything is possible because he'd made a whole factory with little tiny Oompa Loompas um that makes candy and it's magical and it's beautiful and i love this fucking movie i mean it's such a magical experience going to the factory grandpa joe's able to walk <laughs> this movie's so lazy good. asshole 
It's so good, right? <laughs> it is. It no, is so good. Why? Why couldn't Grandpa Joe walk earlier? Because he's a lazy. It's, it's an shit. amazing movie. I like the <laughs> wallpaper. Thank you. <laughs> mm. Perfect choice, right? I like the scratch and sniff wallpaper. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The snozberries like, taste like snozberries. Yeah. And like, I, I just, I seriously, when I was a kid, I would watch that over and over again along with the Wizard of Oz because for some reason, both of them had the same feelings or gave yeah. me the same like vibes or whatever. And so, like, I thought I it was because they feature. both featured small people. That maybe there was the connection there as a kid. I was like, they're just the same movie, just with different people. <laughs> and people dying in inventive ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and bubbles yes. lots of bubbles we had um, a lot of sussy bubbles but hey, sus. there's a bunch of memes there's a bunch of memes of of what was it especially around christmas time at cart to surface that are referencing the scene where the four the four grandparents are in the bed and they're like you know like whatever the hell like the meme would be like whatever the hell this is i'm doing this in december <laughs> like, oh my god <laughs> cupping season yeah, I mean that's that yes. brings up a lot. I mean that scene alone brings up a lot of questions because, I, for one, as a kid, I would wonder were any of the grandparents wearing underwear? That's it. That's all. And were they shaved? <laughs> I was wondering that too. <laughs> no, seriously. You agree with? Yeah, like, like James said, people like not dying but dying in in creative ways and all that there was plenty of ways to die in in willy wonka's chocolate factory oh um and it it was definitely very threatening but in the weirdest like weirdly coolest way possible we all know what uncanny also because like they Um, react to it like oh he fell in the river oh he's dead anyway Like, it's kind of like, if you look at it that way, it's actually kind of disturbing. But... Please take him to the chocolate room, please. Uh, take Miss... Uh, <laughs> uh, take Miss Gloop to the chocolate room, please. Thank you. Uh, yes. What happened to my boy? He's going to need to be washed. What we're witnessing is karma. For all yes. these... Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I want it now. Well, Yep. Uh, <laughs> The um the elevator scene, the scene where uh, towards the end, uh, sorry if you haven't watched this movie, come on, come on. But uh, yeah. but towards the end where they're in the elevator and it starts flying, for some reason when I was a kid that has like stayed and it's in my reoccurring dreams and every like I will I will always wake up like in every dream, not in every dream, but in a lot of my dreams I will always have that elevator around. It's really weird. Um. I could see that because uh, that was also a mildly terrifying sequence. And I think part of growing up and part of maturing was realizing that Willy Wonka was very sort of um, emotionally unstable and unpredictable and sarcastic. (laughs) But I feel like at, uh, at heart, he was almost kind of a nihilist when he felt like he couldn't even. Okay, so. He could, I, I think at the end of it, 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 either he was teasing Charlie or he legitimately felt like he couldn't even look to children in order to have a, a more positive uh-uh. future for his business and his own legacy. I don't know. It, it, there's something very twisted about the whole crux of it. You keep making <laughs> it a bit more. 
I, I feel like a lot of my sarcasm <laughs> comes from the Gene Wilder. I feel like a lot of my sarcasm comes from the Gene mm-hmm. Wilder character in this movie because when Augustus Loop falls down, she says, "Don't just stand there, do something." She he's like, "Oh, help, please." Yes. <laughs> and oh then my God. When I Mr. Salt gets upset because Veruca fell down the hole, he says, "What kind of what kind of place is this? Walk at some kind of fun house? Why are you having fun?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. It's so good. Like, I love it. And people don't realize this is a musical. It's a musical. I oh, mean, yeah. outside of pure yeah. imagination, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oompa loompa doom. <laughs> Precisely. No, I uh, think on it, uh, it, um, Veruca, Veruca Salts, that's her name, right? Veruca Salts. Yep. Her musical number is probably my favorite. I because you see now. this bratty little kid, like, making a whole mess of the whole thing, and then she just goes down into the depths of whatever, like, swan egg hell yeah. awaits her. And she's like, well, you put yourself in that situation, but I don't know. I just thought it was really funny as a kid. I just love the decision to put it in waltz. I'm time. like, that's what that bitch gets. In what? The song I want it now is in waltz time. What is that? Dun, 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 what does that dun, mean? Dun. It's the time signature of the song. It's in a waltz. Yeah. So, so you could you could do a little waltz to it. Yeah, dun, dun. yeah you yeah. can waltz to it. It's in waltz time. Which oh. yeah. <laughs> See, as a music nerd, which Gina knows, um, I love music. And by the way, if you guys want a really good cover of Pure Imagination, there's a band from the 2000s called the Smoking Popes. They do a really good version. Oh, I of thought you were going to say Primus. Primus. No, I don't like Primus. You know this. <laughs> no, I love Primus. <laughs> I know you do, but I don't. Okay. It's too much. What, what, was, what was the band that you said again? The Smoking Popes. Smoking Popes. Okay. Um, for those of whom aren't also aware, where Primus did a, uh, which they've tended to do of recent, is uh, make albums based off of books, which uh, my favorite is uh, the Desaturated Seven, but they also did uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, which was okay. But they also did Pure, Pure Imagination, and it feels odd. It feels strange. I recommend yeah. it. Let's take a yeah. listen. But yes, you like bass. Fantastic movie. This is a fantastic movie. Thank you. I, yep. Sometimes I pick good movies. Sometimes. Uh, not all the time. But sometimes. Uh, <laughs> Gina. Anything Gina, with Gene Wilder pick? in it, honestly. Oh, Correct. boy. Correct. So I'm a second pick. Um, the Rotten Tomato score is instead of 33%, it's 82%. Um. Sausage party. Oh god. (laughs) (laughs) Sausage party. Talk about graphic. Can we talk about graphic? Like this was a this is one of those movies where you stop it. You need to go like get some fresh air and then you come back and continue. (laughs) Cowards. That that was my exact experience watching this movie actually (laughs) like there's nothing cringier sometimes in this movie or the office like this like when i was watching it last week i i was just there was a scene where the hot dogs and the hot dog buns okay (laughs) mm, that that bothers me so much but the fact that it was made by seth rogan and you know and it has jonah hill 
uh yes. wig michael sarah and mr james franco i don't like anymore um but like it's the whole gang from the movie it's pretty much the movie this is the end which is one of my other favorite movies ever and so, movie. and so like it's just their the chemistry is there like it's always been there with this group um like even though they're they're animated you can tell like they are their characters um and I, it just like it just blew my mind that they made something so inappropriate out of food too <laughs> my, my favorite scene in this movie is when they, they escape the supermarket and they see the humans eating the baby carrots that's and the one says, yes. they're eating children fucking children I was watching where he like starts and then like the in they're like live action, right? But like when the when it's from the human perspective, you just see like two little carrots just like rolling on a table. <laughs> but like in in their in their world, the freaking carrots have faces and everything. It's uh I love it. Or the literal fact that the villain is a douche. Literally. <laughs> Oh, okay. Okay. There was this one scene where I can't, I had to fast forward through it. It's that one, the first part where, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil it for anyone right now, actually. <laughs> Even if you spoil it, they wouldn't fucking believe you. <laughs> what? <laughs> Even if you spoil it, they wouldn't fucking believe you. Oh, well, you know, it's a, <laughs> you know, okay, fine. Fuck it. It's the douche sucks the life the juice out of a juice box but it has a cut where you're you know it's an anthropomorphized piece of cup like a juice juice box right the the little the hole where the juice comes out of where he's injured is between his legs (laughs) oh god (laughs) and so it makes the the douche insane the douche is insane is mad because he never got to function as a douche <laughs> nick cruel voices oh, the douche by the way huh oh my nick god cruel wait the voices du- the like douche. recurring his role from parks and recreation correct <laughs> oh <laughs> my god that's a good that's a good catch for anybody who's seen parks and recreation yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. nick kroll is perfect for it too I- he's so good, he's so good. <laughs> otherwise it's a stupid stupid movie you know, it's funny because, like, obviously Good Burger is horrible in, in the fact that, it, like, the acting and yada yada. But it's, like, a wholesome movie. It still has, like, 33%. But then you get this thing. And it was like, yeah, that was awesome. Which is a great movie. Sausage Party is a great movie. Just one of those movies where I have to eat it in pieces. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So, I I think I've... Um, so... I've seen this movie, I think, a total of one and a half point seven times. <laughs> um the the first time I I couldn't I couldn't finish it. Um I just couldn't finish. Um and the <laughs> second time Landon made me watch and, and finish the entire thing. Um and honestly, I can't say I'm a fan. Um, I think Gina, you hit it, hit the nail on the head when you described it as you know being able to eat it, eat it up and 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 work through it in pieces, but also it being very cringy. <laughs> I don't know what it is about it because I've 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 sufficed, you know, through through scenes of uh, a very similar but much more terrible movie called uh-huh. Food Fight. 
um oh for for all those who, who love themselves please please who who care any increment for themselves please don't look look up what that is never um, watch that movie but also, it's please, fucking it's really funny Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> i know i know let's pretend i didn't mention that but just also for a point of reference um but yeah no i just i i uh i think i repressed a lot of this movie honestly <laughs> uh <laughs> And that was my my general experience of it. I thought certain parts of it were charming, you know. And you have the voice actors, like you said, you know, the, the cast is there. You have Seth Rogen, you have Nick Kroll, you have Salma Hayek playing a, a, a taco. Um, a taco. Yeah. <laughs> and that's basically all that I, oh, um, what's her name? Kristen Bell, or Kristen Wiig. Bell? Kristen Bell's Kristen in it, Wiig. right? She plays no, a hot dog friend. Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig, sorry. Kristen Wiig, mm-hmm. thank you. There's so many freaking Kirstens, but yeah. You have Kristen Wiig playing the hot dog bun um, that ends up getting very pleasantly penetrated <laughs> later on. And um, there's a lot of penetrating. Right? And uh, uh, for me, you, you know, you'd think that'd be more enjoyable, but I I, I really can't bring myself to, to come back to this movie. But an interesting pick, nonetheless. <laughs> and with the and with the, <laughs> the the graphicness of it, you were like, "Yeah, this was made by men." Oh, obviously. Um, <laughs> this movie is available to watch for yes. free on Tubi. Um, but don't do it. Uh, James, have you seen this movie? <laughs> I have not, but I, I I know stories of the um the marketing around it and how you know kids thought it was like a kids movie oh we'd go into theaters and be horribly horribly horrified at, at, at what went on um like that so so that i can understand what i don't understand is how hereditary got mixed up with clifford the big red dog screen that that's beyond me Wait, what? Yeah, so it's sorry to sidetrack, but it it reminded me of something that happened with, and we were talking about Hereditary before. Like when Hereditary came out, it came out around the same time that the Cliff of the Big Red Dog movie came out. So theaters, like it happened one night, like a handful of theaters accidentally put Hereditary instead of Cliff of the Big Red Dog. And oh. young kids had to, had to watch the first few minutes of Hereditary. And it's just like, okay. That's terrible. What so happened to her head, mommy? It's all part of the magic, honey. It's <laughs> like literally like now. the opening of the fablemans like it's just michelle williams like type moms telling, it's it's just it's all a dream the heads are fucked up <laughs> uh, so i just haven't seen the fablemans yet james but thanks sorry for that wasn't a spoiler wasn't because a spoiler. we're gonna get to something that has to do with the fablemans as our second secret topic oh bit. oh my god oh boy i like it but um yeah but yeah that's all i heard of sausage party i heard of the terrible terrible um, mistakes that parents made by taking their kids to go see it. Well, while you have the mic, Mr. James, 
why don't you tell us what your second pick is? I will go ahead and say it. And it's probably one that not a lot of people have seen. So it's a nice thing we can segue from. I'm just going to give my short spiel on it. Um, it's called Boiling Point. It was released in, I think, last year, either 2022 or 2021. And it's about a single night that takes place in a high-octane um, restaurant uh, somewhere in England. Um, and it follows a chef and what his basically what his night is throughout the entire night. And if anyone, you know, is a fan of the whole one take throughout the entire film thing, this film does that. It's all filmed in one take. Um, I did not see any hidden cuts. I know that's a thing for these types of movies. I had my eyes peeled, but there's no going through dark alleys and then coming out like from pitch black. It's all lit. Like, very like you know there's not gonna have there's not gonna be any room for you know secret magic cuts in between pans and whips and stuff like that the camera moves in a very documentarian style and it it's all it took a massive effort um to to stage but it's about a chef it's about food but it's also about um uh the drama between the chef and his team um what different employees there uh, go through in that night, what problems arise uh, with the servers or with the sous chefs or with the dishwasher. Um, and the camera just all follows these different people as they go throughout the night uh, and each of their stories, but mostly it rests upon the shoulders of, of the chef. And I think it's a great little, you know, the pacing is, is can get a bit long because it is one shot and you're going and following people around. Um, but as a first time experience, it's a great little 90 minute sit down uh, to go and do. Um, it builds to definitely a boiling point and it's, you can put studio laughter there if you want. Um, and at the, at, at the very end, it kind of ends kind of fizzles out, but for the most part, it's a great high octane. It actually shares the same title as the Gordon Ramsay documentary about when he was trying to get his third Michelin star, which is also a fantastic documentary. Hmm. I probably should have recommended that instead of this, but this this I think went so under a lot of radars and should get more recognition. But uh, all in all, great, great, nice, stressful. If you've worked in a kitchen before, it will definitely hit home. Um, if you were in front of the house or in back, um, it's it's very realistic and authentic in that regard. So yeah, I think, yeah, I think I think that this movie reminds me of Stephen Graham, the lead actor, very underrated. Yeah, character. Yeah, totally. Stephen Graham. Yeah, he's been in everything. I mean, he's great in This Is England. If you've never seen it, uh, he's in um, The Irishman. He's great in that. Um, he has a really small role. Stephen he's Graham's terrific. an incredible actor. And I have not seen Boiling Point. This is actually not one I've seen. I've heard amazing things about this film, though. It's, I heard it's the margin call of kitchen movies. That is a great, great description. Because I love That's, margin call. So I love margin. Fucking love margin call. I love that so much. Because we have taste. 
we, it's, it's such a good movie. We need to like dedicate a whole freaking episode to that because it's just not even like I have watched the Jeremy Irons monologue. I almost have it memorized, not completely, but it's just like, it's so, it's so succulent. It's just JC Shander just knows how to write, write banter. That's just what it is. JC yeah. Shander just knows how to write and Zach Quinto gives his best performance in this fucking movie. He's Absolutely. so damn good in this movie. Hands down. Hands down like, best performance. This movie's incredible, man. I love I love Margin Call. And I, I so I think that this is because Margin Call has that like snappiness to to the dialogue. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm feeling feeling with boiling points besides the the whole one shot gimmick, which 1917 tried to do, but they had hidden cuts everywhere. Yeah. Still a great movie though, 1917. Still stupid. But yes, it's it's very it's very similar in, in, in tone to, in style to Margin Call in that regard also. And, and what I really like is that characters make mistakes and then make up for those mistakes later in the movie. Like this is a small, this, is, this isn't going to spoil anything. This is like a small thing that happens in the beginning. Uh, Stephen Graham's kind of like, he's, he's, he's kind of ordering everybody in their place. And he sees this, this, this list of this duck that was supposed to be made a certain way and it's wrong and he's like who the, who the hell made this and like and like starts like yelling at a bunch of people and then one of the sous chefs like points it out like oh it was actually you who wrote that Ooh. and he like takes him over he's like oh shit and he's like oh i'm sorry i'm sorry it's my it's my bad it's been a, it's been a bad night and he just like goes on and like you know like is super empathetic super like it's very it's a very human uh uh story as well oh. And I enjoy that a lot. So yeah, I love that. Great. That's a that's a great uh, analogy. Well, it's a great. It's almost like I know about movies or something, James, huh? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. man. You know, you know, the pictures. This James guy, he's pretty good. This James yeah. guy's pretty good, I tell you. Shay, I know you're alive over there. Uh, have you seen this movie, uh, Boiling Points? What do you think? I actually have not seen this movie, so I I looked it up on IMDb and. All I know of it is I have it saved to my watch list. And the director, uh, Philip, I think his name is, the only connection I have him to anything else that I've ever seen is that he acted in Chernobyl. And that is all that I know of any of anything that has to do with that. So that sounds amazing to watch. I love watching like movies that feel very real, that have a one takiness uh aspect or element to them um and especially when you're dealing with things that you know say take place in the kitchen uh it can be you know as you described james very heated and very intense and very uncomfortable and i think that's really important in in conveying and relating to that whole environment so yeah i'm I, it is on my watch list so i'm i'm just gonna have to put it up a little bit further in there Put margin call on there too. Yeah, throw it in. <laughs> I know, I know we have. I know there's a certain actor in there that's not very well liked in today's. Correct. Yeah, Kevin Creepy. Yeah. You know, oh, he's, oh Kevin. Like objectively speaking, it's a role that he fits, and it's good, and it contributes. because he's an asshole. Yes. <laughs> well, yes. that that's that's a that's a great point. Yeah. <laughs>
No, I love that pick, James. That was that was the fucking clutch pick there because I haven't seen that movie and I love that. I, you know, I love when I don't. I've never seen a movie. You guys can rent this on Prime Video for two ninety nine. It sounds like it might be worth the three bucks. You know whose turn it is, Miss Shay. Shay nasty. <laughs> Uh, yes. Uh, thanks to that segue, I'm actually gonna get quite nasty here. Uh, we're going down the rabbit hole now, boys. Oh, uh, my next thing <laughs> is uh, I, I, okay, so I, I always like to do a little preface to how I introduce my films. So, this is one of those films that you'll find on those stupid ass TikTok um compilation lists of. Huh top 10 films that'll ruin your day or blah 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 but this okay. is actually a film that um you know gets included on a lot of those lists but personally i found extremely um sort of campy and actually very enjoyable um so long as you have a, a certain sense of humor and that film um i i may be mistaken but it says uh the country of origin is hong kong so assuming it's, you know, from China, the film is called Dumplings. Um, has anyone heard or seen of this film? No, but yes. did you say it was gross? Like, mm? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Um, Am I confusing this? Wait, it, what's, the, what's the length of this? Is it like a feature film or is it? It is a feature film. Okay. Yeah, I think it, it it may have originally been based upon short. And then it was also included, I believe, in, in like a... A compilation where it was like one or two or yeah one or two other films kind of thing a double or triple feature sort of thing um but this was the only film that i i saw of that series it was released in 2004 fantastic fashion by the way i guess you could call her an antagonist but she's not really like really there's no innocent person here i'm actually looking this up and i'm definitely gonna want to watch this uh yeah yeah this looks like a good ass movie and you can watch it for free on tubi, on tubi. Yay. with commercials but fuck, fuck i have adhd so when there's commercials i just pop up my cell phone and it's like commercials never happened so yeah it was an hour it's an hour and a half long uh right on the dot it was part of this sort of trilogy uh feature kind of thing um, I believe it was based on a short, but yeah, basically, uh, <laughs> I chose this because I think it was it's a little off the beaten track. Um, it's a kooky kind of movie. It, you consider the political, uh, socio-political climate, uh, would find it very offensive, and um, but I found it very sort of hilarious and campy so this movie it seems Shay is perfect for my next pick as well like it goes well with my next pick Ooh, okay. so I think you nailed it my next pick is a movie that came out last year debuted ironically last year at the Sundance Film Festival and it's called Fresh Fresh. Oh! Ooh! Dancing. Yes. Daisy Edgar Jones and Sebastian Stan are in this movie, and they play Ooh. two lovers: uh, Steve, who's a doctor, and Noah, 
who's a lonely woman looking for love in all the wrong places. All the wrong places. <laughs> they meet at a grocery store, yada yada. It's more traditional. She's tired of the dating scene. But there's something off about Steve. He's too perfect. And as with any movie where the protagonist is a male and too perfect, he's a fucking weirdo. <laughs> and I will not tell you what happens because if I give you anything on this rated R movie, by the way, my first movie was rated G. This one's rated R. Wait till I get to the next one. It just keeps getting worse. Um, <laughs> is, yes, there's a rating worse than R. I'll tell you in a minute. Um, this movie is fucking incredible. I love this movie. It The whole time you're shocked by what you're seeing, but you're also not shocked because you totally expected it to do that. But then you didn't expect them to show you what was being done. Mm-hmm. This is huh. a movie that's not afraid to show and tell. Ooh. So there's wow. no like mystery kept from the viewer? No. No. It's all right on out there in the open. And this is on Hulu, so you can literally just turn on Hulu and go watch it. I really, I really thought Mimi K, the director, did a great job of, of pointing the camera at things that are so taboo and so weird. Um but showing you that this could literally happen to anyone, any person. And you can tell the movie's written by a woman because it has a perspective of women. Be careful out there. There's fucking weirdos. Right. Yes. And I, and, and I love that. Uh, there's, uh, a, there's a particular scene toward the end where some things get unraveled and you're like, what the, what the fuck? What the, what the, what? The whole time you're just... As, as, for each hit that you're getting from from the little scenes, you're like, what, 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 what? And as the things, yeah, as things start to unravel, you're like, this this shit is crazy. I don't even know what's happening here. Ooh. Have you not seen this one, Ina? I have not. You haven't seen it. Oh, yet? oh my god! Ooh. You guys have got to. But, um, <laughs> in in a world where you know. Netflix miniseries specials about psychopaths and cannibals reign supreme. Watching a fictional story about that type of character, maybe, and you know, stuff like that is or or serial killers or weirdos, um, is is more refreshing. I think. Um, so you would say it's quite fresh. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> yeah, that would be. You walked into that one. I walked into that one. You did. I walked into that one. That was definitely a. What's the comparison here? Oh, that's definitely a. Jeff Daniels going into the wrong house and speed moment. <laughs> so this movie, I said Daisy Edgar Jones is the lead. She's a lovely woman. I don't know if you guys see normal people or if you've seen where the crawdad sing. Don't see where the crawdad sing because it sucks, but normal people's really good. She's lovely. Incredibly, mm-hmm. incredibly talented actress. Her character is dumb as shit. For 90% um, of this movie. For 90% of this movie. So I I would also like to make uh how's my audio by the way? Can you good. am I coming out okay? You're yeah. good. Okay. So I would like to make the comparison to uh 
the movie Barbarian, which also came out the same year, uh, much later that year. But um, yeah, no, her her character and also the main character of Barbarian, they're both dumb as shit. Uh, Women, but it's also towards making the point of how important the quote-unquote gift of fear is. Um, as you said, you know, Sebastian Stan appears as the quote unquote perfect man. Um, and it was really scary to me as a woman to see uh, a young woman being misled by what are all objectively green flags, like a green flag of a person. And he deliberately does this and you can tell he deliberately does this. But you, there's a lot of real life application to it. He literally does these things where he he kind of coerces her into doing things like taking pictures of her. But he does it under the guise of, oh, it's for so-and-so, my female family member um, kind of thing. And it, it really plays on that the whole thing where it's just like when you remove intuition and the gift of fear, that's when you kind of really become your most vulnerable yeah. and then they also involve the whole the re- the really incredible romantic plot that is interwoven there and um i actually saw fresh i really enjoyed it and i i found it really tense and really sad and disturbing at times but it it was also quite it, it was a little cheeky in some parts and i uh, it was very entertaining as a movie barbarian in, in the highest conceptual. I will say this as well. I will say this because this is something I want to bring up. I have a saying for Sebastian Stan's character. He's charming and disarming. Ooh. Those are the two tools that he uses uh, for to get Noah to do whatever he wants. And those pictures that she's referring to do have an ulterior motive. But I will not tell you what they are. Mm. Also, there's a lot of blood orange on this soundtrack, and it's quite good. Ooh, I'm like, I'm, I'm. When you said that, that, that the extra layer of like being a woman and then having to go through this and having no fear as she goes through all of this, like that, that gave gives another dimension. Like, like I, I have two lenses to look at it through. I either have the lens of how would a how a woman without knowing her intuition you know going through that or going through it as like an outsider who has not experienced that right so so yeah. uh yeah like like it just depends i guess on what mindset i'll have when i watch it but <laughs> but yeah different way of when, when you say that too it also brings to mind you know because obviously you know it's directed by a woman and it, it comes from mostly a woman's point of view but i think there's also something to be said for how it speaks for Sebastian Stan's point of view in how nice guys view mm. themselves because mm-hmm. in in his character and his point of mind he he's doing Daisy Edgar Jones's character a favor for a majority oh. of the movie oh, uh, and he acts the nice guy and all that and I think there's also that you know you you hear all the time how nice guys are all just like oh, I do this and I treat you like this and I treat you like a person and I respect you. Why don't you like me and, and do all these that. things for me? Yeah. Kind of thing. And I think that's another perspective. Yes, exactly. Um, 
this is another one of those uh, to to for, as a fair warning this is another one of those great incel movies <laughs> incel it is a great incel movie but not for the reasons that many people <laughs> might think quite honestly mm-hmm. you know because and that's the thing like it's written and directed by women it's written by a woman directed by a woman centered on a woman so the incelness of it isn't as authentic as if it were male gaze. Because mm-hmm. that's the problem with a lot of these incel movies like Fight Club or Joker is they're all male gazed from a male perspective mm-hmm. about dudes being a bunch of incel pieces of garbage. Right. Here, the incel mm-hmm. piece of garbage is through the female lens. Yeah. Like, this is that's what a, we think. That's a great point, um personally i actually i think i'm i don't know i'm one of the i i'm a minority when it comes to people liking joker especially when it comes to women liking joker i personally enjoyed it but i also i i also completely see where you're coming from where it's like fight club or um or uh joker where the female lens is basically removed american psycho Psycho, that's another but but it was written by a misogynist. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Totally fair. Yes. Uh, can we talk about how handsome Sebastian Stan is too? Oh, 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 oh. it's so we bad. Stan. He's so handsome. Stan, <laughs> Stan. He is very handsome, and that's what he uses. That's the main tool he uses. I mean, because look at him; he's the Winter Soldier. <laughs> Yeah, he he is admittedly disarmingly like handsome, but you know, like I said, if you have a gift of fear removed, which Daisy Edgar Jones letting herself be vulnerable and delving into the whole dating scene goes, and it it does like at the very beginning go over kind of the problematicisms with the dating scene, like the dating scene, um, in our modern times, it doesn't even you know go into how bad it gets until we get to sebastian stan um but yeah no he he, (laughs) he's very handsome but at the same time you get the sense that he's purposefully hitting all the green flags as a nice guy would because they have an agenda and that's what it's about can i also mention the toxic femininity of charlotte lebon's character hmm which one was that character? The I can't say because I haven't seen the movie. Oh, but, are you are you talking about the the woman who's associated mm-hmm. with them? Um, mm-hmm. Okay. The toxic femininity yes. of that character yes. is so but, bewildering, but it can only have been you, written by a woman. Right. Yes. You don't know toxic but, femininity until you're a, a woman experiencing toxic femininity. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's toxic femininity, but I felt her character made a lot of sense to me because where did her toxicity come from from Stockholm Syndrome I'm I'm trying not to spoil anything but it it basically comes from the um oh shit how do I even describe it without spoiling it this uh patriarchal uh, Stockholm Syndrome but this patriarch if we're gonna put it in a more general sense this patriarchal messed up system that she's become a part of and it or it almost like no, not almost, as a survival technique mm. becomes the toxic woman. And yeah. and like solely, not e- I'm not even going to frame it as sacrificing herself, but lends 
herself, her personality and everything she has into that system. And I think that also speaks towards certain players of toxic femininity who play the game um, in order to potentially benefit off of the system. Yeah. If we're looking into it. Yeah. I think we've we've surmised this film pretty damn well. Uh, You guys can check it out on Hulu. Gina, you have to see it. It's so good. James, you have to see it. It's so good. It's a damn good movie. Awesome. Damn fine piece. Now, let's get to that third pick, Gina, because I think that I think I know where you're going with this mainly because I know who it was you picked. So all right. Well, mine's just a real quick classic. Well, I think it's a classic. I loved it when it came out. I think uh um it explores an idea that you know can definitely be taken with more imagination like a film like this and that is cloudy with a chance of meatballs um (laughs) i i I really like the humor and it kept me you know even today if i watch it i I do still keep that that like it keeps my attention um but i was i was looking through like i was doing some research in his background it's actually adapted from a book that was published in 1978 and so like you never read it huh no i never read it before yeah, and so, yeah, I suck. <laughs> heathen, I'm a heathen, all of a sudden. It's a children's book. It's only like 12 pages long. <laughs> oh, it'll take me forever. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, no, just thinking about this idea, like, for me, I really enjoyed, not only is it just a classic, like, wholesome sort of movie, but I enjoyed the idea of exploring how you solve world hunger, but also, like, thinking about it as like a thinking about it in like realistic terms like how stinky would that town be like would you really pick up a a hamburger off off the the floor is that that like solving world hunger with raining hamburgers sounds like the opposite of what should happen (laughs) in a sense right i i you know what's funny is uh, this movie is written and directed by phil lord and chris miller who made 21 Jump Street, and those and, and, and those sensibilities are still kind of there, uh, especially within Bill Hader's character, Flint Lockwood is the main character. He's a fucking goofball. I mean, he designs permanent shoes. He's an inventor. He's a weirdo. I've seen both these movies. So I'm, <laughs> obviously. Yes. Uh, I, 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 I wouldn't say that they're, they're, you know, cinematic gold, but they're fucking great. They're funny. They're funny and they're humorous and it's a good time. It's only 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Good quick watch. I mean, Bruce Campbell's in there. That's all you need to know. Oh, my God. I just love my Bill Hader. Oh, and Anna Ferris. Oh, yeah. Her character's annoying, though. No, I loved her character. <laughs> I hate her character in the movie. <laughs> no, she was so cute in it. I, I guess I love Anna Ferris in anything. Um, but uh let me see was lego movie also directed by the lord enough it was <laughs> yeah Love. i think I, uh, that's another thing to compare what? yeah no i love this movie i love how poppy it is colorful um the it's animation so of yeah. everything from the food uh, i actually watched the bonus feature yeah the movement of the the food, how the hamburgers stack and fall mm-hmm. um, from the it's sky, and eggs, and it just makes everything look so delicious. And you have a great soundtrack to it. 
lollipops and rainbows. Yo. Um, I also music like music montages and all that. Uh, while also interweaving the the whole narrative of um this father son relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I like the like I'm looking at the at the comparisons between Pixar movies, Disney, like tr- tropist features and then the art of this particular of this particular movie and i'm sorry there's a vacuum in the background hold on we don't hear it can you hear it okay it's gone now okay so uh so i'm just looking and i'm really enjoying the fact that this is very different artwork if you look at the other artwork um comparing with like disney and obviously pixar bleeds a lot together the eye shape and everything like that but with this one like it's it's a different artist and you can tell they're not using the same template which i like although they they go from really big heads to tiny little necks (laughs) yeah and is this illumination no it's sony sony picture Sony. okay and it's funny what i love about sony is all their movies look different mitchell versus the machine doesn't look like spider-verse doesn't look like Lego movie, doesn't look like this. And they're mm-hmm. all four great fucking movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you, you don't see, what is it, that meme where we're like, you see the, the picture of um, A Bug's Life and then the ant, the ant, um, what is the ant movie? What's ants? the other one? Ants. <laughs> see it, Bug's Life and ants, and they both have the same, like, smirk, like, yeah, side. looks pretty similar. Yep. Well, Ants is very much more of an adult movie too. Though, I'll yeah, tell you right now. But even, but that's what that's what I love about Sony's animation is, and and again, even Smallfoot. Smallfoot doesn't look like any of these movies, and it's very charming as well. Mm-hmm. Sony's really good at making their movies look different, but all the while still making them quite charming. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait for the next Spider Verse movie because I know it's going to look like the first one and feel mm-hmm. like the first one, but it's not going to look like any other Sony movie besides yep. Spider Verse one. Oh. It was going to come out on my birthday, but they pushed the date forward. I'm glad they pushed it forward. Or sorry, back. Oh, that's to, it. To, to April. <laughs> that's fine. I'll be in the theater on the first day watching that because I love this Absolutely. movie so much. I, I, I actually know. Climb with the Chance in the World is fine. It's a good movie. I, it's fun. It's a lot. The Little Monkey's hilarious. Of course. I, I, I have a good time with this movie, and I think that anybody who wants just a, a you know an easy throw it on for your kids or whatever movie this is available for free on Prime Video's free service freebie so there's oh, commercials yeah. but it is available to watch for free and I like it I think it's a, a a solid solid addition to Sony's pantheon of animated mistakes that they had been making before because <laughs> I think the yeah. movie they did before this was Ant Bully and Ant Bully is awful. Ant Bully was a trip, bro. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just remember Paul Giamatti. Oh my God, Paul Giamatti, Julia Roberts. Oh my God, and dun, 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 Nick Cage was in that movie, but it was bizarre. Um, it is, it's it, it's funny though. though. I actually voluntarily watched that movie multiple times as a kid. That which probably ages me quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, well, it tells us. But yeah, no, it's a very ugly movie. <laughs> yeah, it's quite an ugly movie. And I, yeah, no, disgusting. I hate it. 
That's a good pick, Jana. I like it. Fire with a chance of meatballs. A nice light <laughs> pair to end your list for today. James. Yeah. What's your what's yes. your what's your ultimate, your final pick of the day? My final I was just reading about that. Um yes, my final pick for today is a very, very delicious film. <laughs> it came out only a few months ago. It's now streaming on HBO Max for all to see. I haven't seen it yet, so I will watch it. Yep. Um, the definition of serving is called The Menu. And it is really freaking great. I, I really loved it. Um, I will start off by saying is that uh, it's getting a lot of comparisons between Ready or Not, which has Ooh. a very similar structure. But a good um, flick. I think I think it just does a really good job of, of what it sets out to do. Um, and if you want to compare it to that, you can compare it to that. But um, it was funny as hell. Oh. Brilliant dark comedy, which is something I always love. Um, <laughs> it also photographs the dishes and the, you know, the... The, the food to an, an ex, a very interesting way because th- there's a certain way that th- they present um, each item and how it contributes to the to the overall story um, that just it, it's 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 amazing I I really I really enjoyed it Anya Taylor Joy was amazing uh, Nicholas Holt and Ralph Fiennes was just off the top of his game. Um, he always is. He's yeah, he always is. He never misses. Um kind of kind of unfortunate. I feel like the filming of this took away from a possible reunion with Martin McDonough, but it's it's cool. Uh or he would have been good in the Banshees, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah. He would have been he would have been pretty good in the Banshees. But Banshees um, of Moonshine. Yes. It was that was fucking great. But the menu, um, it's also it's also paced really well. It's not something that it, it goes once the film starts. You're you're right into the action. There's not a lot of prologue. There's not a lot of like introducing people. They're introduced as the story goes on, and there's really no need. What I also found really great about it is that there's no need to to have such huge backstories for everybody. In order to further understand them, like there's there's just enough given from each character to where you could make out what type of person that person is, uh, and it's it's got a call for cast. John Leguizamo's in there yeah. as well, yeah. uh, which is which is great. He's in two of I can't believe he's in two of the three I I, I chose. <laughs> and um, Hong Chow's having an incredible year. She's in this also. Yes. Yeah, she was she was fantastic as well, and um, yeah, it was it was really really fun. It was really really fun. Uh, I wish I would have seen it in the theater with a packed crowd. So that's the type of, that's the type of film that, that that really would be great to see in that setting. It's still in theaters. Still in theaters. Yep, it is playing at La Paloma here. But I, I unfortunately I think people are going to see Babylon more instead of that. Yeah, I don't blame them on that one. Yeah. Um, 
this is directed by Mike Marlot, Mylot, who's behind Secession. So, is there a similarity between like the structure and 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 way that that Secession is put together and the way this is put together? I see visual parallels for sure. It's very gray and it's at times very industrial. So um, it has that. It has that uh, that Fincher vibe. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 got it's got a bit of that. And but but the thing is, is that the food and also, um, funnily enough, Anya Anya's character. She has red hair and she's very vibrant. Um, she kind of brings like a much needed contrast to the to the to the setting that they go into, um, because like I said, everything's very gray, everything's very serious. Uh, but once the food starts coming out, um, everything starts to get pick up speed and 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 uh, get a lot more visceral, um, which is which is a great unfolding of events. I love that. Well, we lost Gina because she's leaving us for now, but we got her last pick, which was good. Yay! Uh, but thank we you, love Gina, you Gina. for joining us. Of course, we love having you every single month. We love it, and. James, my guy, that's a great pick. But let's get to old Shay Nasty's last pick of the day because I think it's a Shay. What is it? Okay, so my um <laughs> my last pick is not quite as nasty as the last one. Actually, um, I think it, it's also also to piggyback on James. The menu was a fantastic movie. Go read my review on it. Uh, Ray Fines is a little cutie patootie. But anyway, anyway, my last pick is something that hopefully everyone on the earth has seen. Um, one of Pixar's greatest films, if not last greats. Um, anyone can cook. Ratatouille. Boom. That's Boom. it. Um, well, I had made a joke before in the group chat that I, uh, I was going to choose Ratatouille, um, which you should absolutely not look that up. One. It's the food fight equivalent to Ratatouille. But anyway, Ratatouille is a, a beautiful animated film about, um, you know, the, the, I guess just outcasts in general, um, but also the art of cooking. It, it was also potentially the art of uh, being a, a critic. Um, if you look from the uh, the quote unquote, he, he wasn't even really an antagonist. Well, I guess no, he wouldn't really be considered an antagonist, but. Um, you have the food critic, you have the cook, you have, uh, the chefs, the, the people who are a part of the kitchen and all that, trying to make it with this restaurant, with this reputation, they're trying to uphold, um, um, but they, they need this new, like, creativity and, and life to their food and all this, and where do they using Brad Bird, who also did The Incredibles, which is also one of the best Pixar films. Um, but yeah, a little rat trolls, uh, a young man. 
I would agree. Uh, I, I actually really love this movie. And this she like, died. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> we we, we uh, heard some of it, Shane. We heard some yeah, of it. Yeah, some of it. Uh, this is actually Charmaine's favorite uh, Pixar movie. Um, so I've seen it quite a few times. Uh, it's a great movie. Uh, I think that Linguini is such an endearing character, but this movie lives and dies on Pat- Patton Oswalt's vocal performance as Remy, and he's oh. just so charming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, he's so that's charming, a, yeah. That's I mean, there's a reference to this movie um, in probably the best movie of the year. Uh, yes. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, Radakuni. Radakuni, exactly. Um, <laughs> I like this. I like this pick. I, I like this movie, and I think it's, I think it's a great, uh, great choice. Uh, once again, by uh, Shay Nasty. There. Um, I, I, I think it's available on Disney Plus, if I'm not mistaken. James, you've seen this movie because everyone has, right? Yeah. Uh, I, th- I'm pretty sure it's on Disney Plus because. Uh... All the Pixar Did, stuff is on there, which is like great. Do you like this movie? Say what up? Do you like this movie? I like this movie. I like this movie. I like the I like the movie movie because it's well, first of all, like the animation is really great. It, it hasn't aged poorly at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really fantastic. Um, I have some fond memories playing the game for PS2. Um, which was like insane. Like I'd spend hours on what was that one level? It's just insane. But anyways, um yes, it's it's a simple premise. Um but it's 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 very it's very charming and how you know it's it's executed. Is it a simple premise? It's a pretty obscure premise there, James. It's fucking crazy. I mean, it is pretty crazy. But a it's... rat that knows how to cook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you think about it, it is a bit more far-fetched than that. Um, I mean, uh, I mean it's... simple premise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and that and that in that sense. And then of course, you know, the message at the end is it extremely up uplifting for anybody who watches it and it's a very nice um bow on everything what i love and i'm glad you brought that up i love that it basically examines criticism in the macro do you know what i mean like being a critic is isn't always about hating everything but when you find that one thing that makes you sort of flash back it can bring, you know, when you find that perfect piece of food or that perfect film or whatever you're critiquing and it brings you back to a place that was yeah. better than where you are, it strikes you in a different way. And that's what I love about the ending of that movie. No, oh, absolutely. And that that goes beyond like criticism or anything like that. And it, and it perfectly plays to, I understand how some critics can be entirely subjective and they can be personalities and stuff like that, but that reaches beyond subjectivity and goes into more personal territory when he tries that ratatouille and he goes for it um and he has that whole moment uh it's you said that was well said he was so it's a it's a very powerful message thank you i try i try um my last pick 
of the day is a X-rated film from 1989. So we went from G to R. Now we're at an X-rated film. The Cook, the Thief, His Wife, and Her Lover, featuring Michael Gambon and Helen Mirren. Wow. Yeah. This movie. Yes, this movie is very sexy. Uh, a crime boss played by uh, Michael Gambon has dinner every night at the same restaurant with his wife, played by Dame Helen Mirren. Albert is abusive and an asshole, um, but the chef and his re- is is sort of in love with Georgina, the mobster's wife, and um, stuff happens. Uh, this movie is graphically uh, graphically nude. There's a lot of naked people and graphically violent, and it's fucking awesome. It 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 sounds fucking insane. I'm. It's- this movie's nuts, dude. Peter Greenway directs it. Peter Greenway is more known for like traditional sort of British stuffiness with like night watching, running in numbers, that sort of thing. Right. <laughs> but here, he just sort of lets go and kind of films and it films like, what's the word I'm looking for? Absolute ludicrosity on film. Because a lot of characters aren't very likable. And the film itself is quite likable and quite good. And I really feel like it's a it's a hard film to get into because it is two hours long and it is a bunch of stuffy British people. But at its heart, it's not that at all. It's more so exactly what you see. The cook, the thief, his wife, and her lover. Yes. The title's perfect for what it, this movie is. Um, it, it's, it's really great. A, a, a torrent of sex, food, murder, and revenge is the best uh, <laughs> description I've seen of the movie. And yeah, it's fucking crazy. It can, you can watch it on BritBox if you have BritBox, but like nobody has that. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's I, I I know it's a part of Amazon Prime. You can add it on as a subscription. Yeah, it's a Prime Video channel for some people. Yeah, it's a Prime Video channel for sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the tagline is "Lust, Murder, Dessert." <laughs> um, <laughs> Helen Mirren is in this movie. That's great. Is, is really yeah, cool. Helen Mirren. Movie. My gosh. She's very sexy in this movie. Um, yeah, yeah that sounds that sounds like a really fun that that sounds like a really fun uh, fun experience. I know that the term Helen Mirren sexy are not like notoriously like together, but like she's in her forties and looking sexy in this movie. So, I mean, you know, well, we'll we'll leave it we'll leave it there. <laughs> the uh, it's funny. So I mentioned earlier we did an interview with Skylar Fisk, and so. Before we get to the last topic that we're going to leave off on, I'm going to leave you guys with a little snippet of our interview with actress, songwriter, extraordinaire, and Sissy Spacek's daughter, Skylar Fisk. It was just a really exciting, it was a script that I really reacted to on a very deep emotional level. And then to get the chance to to play this incredible um, role opposite my mom was just thrilling. And Jake is a, old friend of mine who I just love and adore so much and Dustin I just have so much respect for and idolize so it was just all around just thrilling you know hope you enjoyed that little segment there she was amazing check make sure you check out the song she wrote for the movie that we interviewed her for Sam and Kate it was a, it's a really good song and a lot of her songs are great she has a, song, a great song with um that I talk about in the interview with uh fuck it I forgot um, Joseph Redden, Joshua Redden. 
She has a great song with Joshua Redden called uh, Paperweight. It's amazing. Um, if you guys have never heard it, it's incredible. Um, I wanted to talk about, on January 24th, an event is going down at 6 a.m. in California. The annual Oscar nominations are coming out. Oh. Yes. Um, with that, there's going to be a lot of movies up for grabs here. I wanted to get your thoughts, since you're here with me, James, on the acting nominations. I mentioned Hong Chao earlier had a great year. She's in The Whale. And also in The Menu, do you think she gets some play for supporting for being in The Whale? Or is this solely Brendan Fraser's uh, going to be the only acting nomination for this film? I, so I have not seen The Whale, but I've heard things about it. Um, I think if she were to get nominated, it would have to be from The Whale. Even that she was, I mean, she was in the menu and she's terrific in that, but her role wasn't, you know, as significant really in that as it would be in The Whale. Um, and The Whale, at the end of the day, really, it's taking home acting nominations. Um, again, I haven't seen it, but there, I haven't seen any mention of directing or, you know, uh, makeup and design or anything like that. So, yeah. I think if she were to get supporting, it would be from that category. Who else do you see in that supporting actress category? I see, okay, obviously Colin Farrell. Uh, That's actor. I'm talking about actress. Oh, actress, sorry. Um, supporting actress. Uh, let's see here. Give me one second. I'm just going to pull up my watch list from this year. I should know everything from up top of my head, but... Um, but you are an amateur, sir. I am an amateur. <laughs> I am an absolute amateur. Um, let's see here. Supporting, I really, really, um, really hope. Carrie Condon. What? Are you hoping for Carrie Condon? Uh, what, what would that be from? The Banshees of Ernestine. Yes, that would be great. Well, I was also thinking of uh, Stephanie Sue from love Everything that. Everywhere All at Once. Love that. Um, I love that. Yeah, or I Jamie love, Lee. Or Jamie but, Lee Curtis, yeah. I mean, both of them are really great. Um, what about Michelle Williams from Fablemans? Yes, Michelle Williams from Fablemans. Uh, that's, that's a really great one also. I'm hearing um, a lot about Angela Bassett in Wakanda Forever. I don't agree with that. I think she's great in the movie, and the movie's fine, but like her performance isn't anything they write home about. No, and yeah, no. I think well, we just said that's pretty. That's a pretty good uh, assumption right there. I'm thinking about anybody else. Danielle Monet. I loved her in Glass Onion. Yeah, I gotta see Glass Onion. It's That's, fantastic. My review will be up sometime later this week. I must. Um, honestly, I, I know it's never gonna get a nod at all, but Saoirse Ronan and see how they run. She's just, <laughs> she's so she she's just so great, and she's such a necessary part of that. Like wouldn't I, she be I a, um, wouldn't she be a lead actress? Yeah, I guess Sam Rockwell is kind of the lead in that. I guess. It's like it's like um it's like a Paul Giamatti and Thomas Hayden Church situation and see how they run. Like 
yeah, they could be both nominated for like leads, but she kind of assumes like the supporting role there. Mm. Um, mm. Well, I know that doesn't apply because in Sideways they're both men, and that 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 wouldn't make sense. But like, I I feel like for 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 in a leading role, um, her role isn't much of a leading one. It's more of yeah. like you know being the, the sidekick in that, and that's not a negative thing. It's just how it's you know presented. Yeah, no, um, and I do love I do love uh, that comparison because Sideways is fucking awesome. I love Sideways. Fucking love it. I saw Sideways the other day. I love it so much. You rewatched it, it or you saw it for the first time? I saw it for the first time, and oh, it was dude, really so, really good. How great is Sandra Oh in that movie? Yeah, she's terrific. I, I that was a big surprise when she came out there. And Absolutely, Virginia Madsen's also great in that movie too. She was she was really great in that also. We're supporting actor. Is this the is this Key Queen Juan's mo- award to lose at this point? Here's the thing. Um I think they'll give it to him. Cause Colin, I mean, no, here's the thing. I mean, I know it's like not it's not a thing to say this, but Colin Farrell, you know, has had, I think he's I don't know if has he been nominated before? I feel like he has. Um, gotten nods before. Um, and I feel like with Key, he he's he's really great in, in drama and comedy for, for for everything everywhere all at once. I mean he has the best scene of 2022. He does. He really, really does. And that really, really hits home. Um I feel like the impact of that, and especially with you know everything releasing in April of 2022, and Banshees just you know released like about a month ago, um, people have had more time to really sit on his performance and everything everywhere. But do you think that they're gonna plug Colin for Best Actor? Because I'm hearing Gleason and Barry Keegan are gonna get the supporting. Uh-huh. Kind of the question. I could definitely see Keegan as supporting because that's a great that's a great performance from I did see a scene from that movie and I was I was really, really taken aback by his performance. It's the scene where he asks Carrie Condon out. Yep. Um and I was I, I thought that was really I was like, damn, that's really good. It was a it's it's a very raw scene and it, and it comes at a, at a certain point in the film. It's just it, it's heartbreaking and it's 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 a really great delivery, but it's also really funny how he says it. And he's uh, just like, oh, no, I'm just, you know, no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. What about Paul Dano as supporting for the Fablemans? Uh, Paul Dano supporting? Yes. Paul Dano could get that. The thing is, is that, you know, um, supporting is going to have a lot of, I feel like, um, whatchamacallit, is it from? I don't even think that's Paul Dano's best performance for supporting. I think he was better than the Batman. No, he was he was amazing in the Batman. That's that's what I was going for. Um, it's it's strange because sometimes the performances you think that that someone would be nominated for aren't the ones that end up, you know, getting the nod. Uh, and I think that'll be the case here with with Paul Dano. Um, yeah, supporting actor category looks like a like a like a tough battle there. Do you think that the best actress is a two horse race at this point? Between Kate, Kate and Blanchett uh, and Michelle Yao. Listen, I mean, it's. I think this is going to be like maybe. Um, 
a Glenn Close and Olivia Coleman situation where it's like maybe you think Blanchett's going to get it, but it ends up going to Yo. As it should. Um, as it should. Um, I have not seen Tar yet, so I can't weigh in on who's who the better performance it. is. Um, I'm, I've heard good things about it. I can tell you right now, uh, I think Kate Blanchett's performance in Tar is great. It's fantastic. Michelle, yeah, did more. Yeah. She definitely did more. Um, but who do you fill out the rest of the nominees with? Because I'm hearing Danielle Detweiler which, for Till, which I'm watching next week. Um, Viola Davis for Woman King, which I did get sent a free DVD copy of. Thank you very much to this productive studio for that. Thank you. And yeah, Michelle. Viola Davis, um, Ana Armas for Blondes. Just no! No! Does. No! No. Yeah. No. I want that movie getting no no rewards for the piece of shit that they put out. No. It was it's it's not great. But you know, she she got a golden globe knob. I would uh, rather see Mia Goth get a nomination for Pearl. I would too. And that would be really great. I would be so happy. Or even Emma Thompson for Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, which I really, really fucking enjoyed. Um Yes, and also, um, what should we call it? Um, Taylor Russell, Bones and all. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. I have the screener. I haven't watched it yet. Uh, she's she's really great in that. Not gonna lie. I heard my boy Chalamet is pretty good in that too. Boy Chalamet is 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 very good in that. I mean, it's it's a it's a collaboration between you know. Guido once again. Um, here's here's one that you know I don't see a lot of people talking about Causeway with with Jennifer Lawrence. I thought she was good in it. She's very good in it. I just think that uh, Brian Tyree uh, is is just he's better. Yeah, he should. He had a, he had a great year in twenty twenty two. He did. I didn't like. I didn't like. I didn't like the train movie, man. I know he's in it. I didn't like it. <laughs> I don't like the train. Movie. I didn't like the damn train movie, dude. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, I tried because I saw your review. I was like, maybe, maybe not. No, hated it. Sorry. It's fine. It happens. <laughs> um, best. Su- feel like I feel like this is just a crazy one, but best supporting should also be Pedro Pascal and the unbearable weight of mass. Weight of mass of talent. Yes, I think that's a good one too. While we're on that subject, what about what about Best Actor? Is it a one horse race, or do you think Colin Farrell has a chance to steal it from Ben Brendan Fraser? Let's see, because you know, Sha- you know, Chalamet is there. Um, I feel like um, I really like Diego Calva. I don't know if you've seen Babylon, but he's really good in it. I know he's going to get a nod for sure, um, and I also know that Adam Driver will probably get something from. I White hope not. I didn't enjoy White Noise. Uh, you'll um, see soon. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but I've. I've you know who I would really like to see here because I think he's earned it. Tom Cruise for Top Gun Maverick. He's fucking great in this movie. This movie's fucking great, and I want it to get a Best Picture nomination. We're gonna talk about. I think. I think it will. I think it will get a Best Picture nomination. Who I don't want to see in here is Austin Butler doing a Elvis impersonation. Oh well. That's what I was gonna say. 
there is Austin Butler, and it's a tough race. If I if I had to choose who'd be like the main two, it'd be between Frazier and Butler. Would probably be the top two. I'm gonna give you one more surprise for me, and I don't know if you agree with me on this, but I thought Adam Sandler and Hustle was stellar. Yeah, he was pretty great in Hustle. He he he, he was. He's you know he has he has had an amazing string of performances lately. Or Scar's Guard for the Northmen, because fucking a man. Oh, that was yeah, brutal. Freaking love that. Or um, what about both the guys from Triple R? Have you seen Triple R yet? I have not seen Triple R. What are you doing? Go see it, man. I want to see it so badly. It I is need in, to dedicate you have Netflix. It's on Netflix. I do. I just have to dedicate an afternoon to it. You do because it's like three and a half hours long. Yes. I dedicated a random Tuesday to watching it, and I do not regret one bit of what of of that afternoon. There was a. Uh... It was one that was on the top of my list, and still... it was something. By the way, I don't even think I haven't seen Banshees yet, but your review made me want to see it. I haven't even seen Banshees yet, but I don't even think that's Colin Farrell's best performance this year. Oh yeah, well, so he's really great in the Batman as a Penguin. I'm not even uh, talking about that. I'm talking about after Yang, the Koganata movie. Oh yeah. He is incredible in this movie. This is this is existential an existential crisis as a movie. It's incredible. Hoganata really just understands humanity in this movie, and I and I love it. And I wish it was getting more play awards for award season, but it's it's just not, and that makes me sad. A twenty four killing it once again. Yeah, after Yang's incredible. Man. I saw it at Sundance last year. It's it's, uh, it's great. I love it. Um, there are ten best picture nominees at least, maybe this year. If you yeah. had to give your, if you had to give your perfect ten, what would you pick? A perfect ten. Ooh, let's see. Um, for best picture nominees. Yeah, I'm gonna see how many we agree on here. Uh, okay. So the Fablemans. Okay, Everything. I'm gonna agree with you on that. I haven't seen it, so I'll agree with you on that. It's cool. Um, Everything, everywhere, all at once. Obviously, it has to be. It has to be. I think I'm. I'm just gonna lock it in as best picture winner because I feel like I feel like it will. It will. Um, the Daniels won't win director though. The Daniels will not. Steven Spielberg will probably win director for the Penguins, but yeah, I would love um, to see McDonald oh, win best oh. director. I, I'm. I'm kind of. So one more thing. Gabriel LaBelle is not getting any recognition for his his work on the Fablemans, right? Yeah, and the Fablemans. He's so great in that. And I feel like he should be getting more, more, you know, more slack. But, you know, stand up. So I think, yeah, the Fablemans, everything everyone wants, Tar, the Woman King, Top Gun Maverick, uh, Banshees. Uh, I feel. Uh, who could be another one? Elvis, probably, just because. Um, decision to leave, just because I feel like 
it's it's one of those films where like it could both go to um best picture i like that that's that's a set of balls on you there with that big absolutely i have a different Uh, international film in mind though i'll go over that pinocchio i feel like pinocchio could possibly get to like best picture it's so good right it's gonna win animated feature right it will um and hang on i'm gonna see what other picture might be because that's just kind of like off the top of my head um i actually have golden derby open right here golden derby it's a it's a site that goes over the odds uh, i'm gonna tell you my time why you do that obviously everywhere every, everything everywhere all at once and i have it locked as my winner yes i'll go with the fablemans and banshees i'll give you those top gun maverick and tar um, I think Avatar could sneak in there. I hope it doesn't because you know Snooze Fest. Yeah. Uh, women talking will probably get some to play. It's actually really good. I, I did see it. Why not? Uh, I would like to see Triple R get some love. Absolutely. For best picture, and I would love to see After Sun get some play because it Charlotte Wells's After Sun is fucking great. Yes, After Sun. Um, yep. I would also I did enjoy uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. I just hope it doesn't get nominated because it won the second ever Best Picture, and I don't like the fact that it would be again nominated for the same movie that already won Best Picture. It'd be weird. Babylon will probably get some play. I don't want. Oh to yeah, it. Babylon. That's I forgot that. That's yeah. Babylon will get some recognition. I don't think. I think that she said will get nominated just as like a. Oh, sorry about that whole, you know, being in love with a, you know, sex offender thing. Because you know what she said's about, right? Yeah. It's about yeah. the whole, yeah. Harvey Weinstein thing? Yeah. The, the, it, they'll probably nominate it for all the mistakes they made doing Harvey Weinstein trophies for many, many years. It's insane. And then the one movie that I want to get nominated, but it won't, is The Batman. Yeah, well... You know, I think I can see getting a, a, a cinematography nod. Oh, it's beautiful. But it's going to have to compete with, like, the Northmen, which is fucking gorgeous. Yes. Um, yes. And Corsage. Corsage is also really, really fucking beautiful. Absolutely. That's, that's, uh, I don't know if you saw it. That's a Vicky Cripes movie. I've, I, I've, I've seen stills of it. Um, I've not seen, like, the trailer of it or anything, but it looks Gorgeous looking movie, yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because also the cinematography in Top Gun Maverick, oh my god, right? Oh yeah, top top tier. And like you wouldn't assume an action movie would have like this great cinematography, but Jesus, it's incredible, right? It's it's and I something. Think he's actually the favorite to win too, um, right now. Um, I just hope I... Avatar doesn't win because fucking hate that movie. Yeah, and also I really think Banshees might get cinematography because it's it's got some really good shots in there. From what I saw, it looked gorgeous. It's really great. Like they but use the location. McDonough's, McDonough always does that, man. You know, like mm. you look at his other films, and he's just he's just so good. He's my dark horse for best director. He's not gonna win. Yeah, I think he's going to win uh, Screenplay, because that's a brilliant screenplay. Uh, you know what? Yeah, but I think Spielberg is going to probably win uh, Director, or Todd Field. 
because I don't think they're going to give the Daniels director and picture. I think either Spielberg or Field will win because they're going to lose that picture. Yeah. I I agree with you there. And I'll say it's well-deserved because Spielberg directed the hell out of Fable Moves. So. <laughs> well, I like... I, like I said, I can't wait to watch it because it looks it looks fucking incredible, and you know I would like to see some Park Chan Wook love uh, for best director. Maybe give him a nom for decision lead because he's been doing incredible work since the day he came out the womb. And I can't wait for Guillermo to go up there and win his get his Oscar for Pinocchio because he deserves it. Because loved his speech at the Golden Globes. That was incredible a great animated film. Incredible animated film. Yes, I mean really the only I'm, one. Of, yeah, I, I'm I'm gushing over all of like the behind the scenes stuff because it's just amazing. The the work it takes to do stop motion, I'm just so impressed. Like I was glad we talked about it last month, but it's funny because I would also like to see Robert Eggers get some love because <laughs> the Northman <laughs> is fucking awesome. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, you might be seeing the Northman on a certain list that we have coming up here. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. I like it. I like it very much. Um, but we'll see. Um, that's but I think I think that's a good place to uh to end it, James. What do you think? I think so too. Well, it's been a really great run on this January edition of the Snubcast. I think it's been great yet again. Thanks for being with me here, James. James, if they want to harass you on the internet, where can they do it? Uh, they can look me up wherever they want to. Uh, primarily on film snob reviews under James Snyder, and then secondarily. Uh, on Instagram, James Ilos Frames. Uh, you can spell that however you'd like until you get the correct one and shoot me a follow. And I will chat with you about sad movies for as long as it takes. And I love, I love that, uh, that handle, James Ilos Frames. <laughs> it will never uh, change. Yes, it's the best one. Uh, Where can they find you? Of course, uh, online, uh, everywhere, uh, at Film Snob Reviews. That means on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh tiktok YouTube. tiktok yeah don't Absolutely. follow us on youtube because the tiktok gives you the teaser for the youtube channel where all of our interviews go and all of our top 10 lists because the next top 10 list we're putting out is the top 10 best movies of 2022 which this man as well as shay nasty had input on uh i can't wait to show you guys that list it's gonna be awesome it's definitely gonna get demonetized so we hope you'll follow so that we can make some money off y'all uh make sure you follow as well uh, at Will that's W-I-L-L-E-G-U-I-Z-A-B-A-L on Twitter. That's my personal. I mainly just talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars on there. Um, good luck to them on Saturday against the Tennessee Chiefs. Hope they don't get blown out. God, please help me. Um, I mainly talk about sports wrestling and bullshit on that because I talk about film on my uh, you know on film reviews Twitter. Other than that, this has been episode twenty of the Snobcast. Once again, this is William and for film Snob reviews. We will see you next time. Woo!